0: Forward to the resurrection of the dead. These are the words, the profession of faith that I said virtually every Sunday for a large part of my childhood. I think it's fair to say that I had no idea what I was professing, what I was claiming to believe. I don't resent that my parents raised me in this way. I think it's very important for a parent to instill certain moral attitudes into their children, whether that's through religion or something else. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a place for me to talk about the things I love about religion. This is space for rant. This is where I talk about all things from the mundane to the taboo, from the distant to the deeply personal. And today, I, I mean, just like any other episode, this is this is a, a personal moment. I don't know if the animosity I feel is a more recent thing or if it's just because I need somebody to blame for something, but I can safely say now that I am no friend of the Catholic Church. I won't rant about the more serious issues like the blatant hypocrisy. I mean, just look at the Vatican. Look at every church, every car that every Catholic priest drives. I'm not talking about the cover-up of sex abuse of minors and children, and the indoctrination and murder of native children in boarding schools across the U.S. and Canada, though those things do make up a majority of why I I don't really like the church. But for me personally, I'm realizing that there are a lot of things about myself now and the way that I am that are probably a result of things that I was taught during my time in religion. And the simple way to sum that up is that I don't think any child is going to grow up sexually healthy when his religion tells him that sex and masturbation are essentially bad. That they are sins. That we can't explore this thing because it is a, I'm paraphrasing, a gift from God. And we don't want to abuse that gift. And it was sitting there in my my last confession before confirmation that I heard that. Because I, I had to confess my sins. I had to tell the priest, yes, I've masturbated. And he told me, sex, sex is a wonderful thing. But it's not something that we can do with ourselves. It is a, it is a gift from God. It's something you do with a married partner because marriage is, is, is the sacred union of two souls. Though I came out of that confession feeling like this weight was taken off my soul, I, I realized the only reason that weight was there was because a church authority was telling me that this normal human biological thing is wrong. And for the longest time, that and many other things about the Catholic faith that I was told I simply believed. I simply repeated the Nicene Creed that you heard at the beginning of this episode without really thinking what it meant. It was that prayer, that creed, that led to that separation between the catholic church and the orthodox church the orthodox church did not believe that the holy spirit proceeded from the father and the son they believed only that the holy spirit proceeded from the father not the son but the catholic trinity is that father son holy spirit one and the same all proceed from each other all all are part of each other all are the same, yet separate. Now both interpretations to me are, are goofy in the sense that I don't believe either. But ha- having such a simple core of your faith come down to the way that a prayer is, is spoken, it, it doesn't... to, to me it, it just seems that all faith is is just words. And yes, that is all that faith is. It's just words, just words telling you, believe this, don't do this, do this, don't believe this. And when I came to that, that realization for myself, I, I, I started to stop believing. You know, why, why does some big, rich church man get to tell me what, what's what in the Bible? if it can be so interpreted. Why does a scholar get to interpret it but not the people? Why why do the people have to be told what to believe? I didn't see religion as helping me heal or helping me feel connected. If anything, it, it was making me feel less connected to what it means to be human. Overall, I'm glad that I'm not angry at my parents for this i was before i definitely was i was upset that that they raised me in the church which had instilled in me these ideas which in the end i didn't end up believing And it's not like they me or the church could have known that that i would end up screwing off my point in all this is that this has been quite a year for me 2022 there's been a lot there's been a lot of healing a lot of self-discovery and a lot of that growth relates to the way I was raised and things I learned from the church. So I wanted to I wanted to open with that. One of the key elements of Catholicism that really irks me, really grinds my gears and rubs me the wrong way, is this focus on sin and shame and confession. Like, oh, oh, geez, anything I do, any thought in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and in what I failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. That was another prayer we did. I'll I'll read that. It's called the, the Penitential Act. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Through my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God." So I need to go to Mass every Sunday and say this prayer every Sunday because I have sinned throughout the whole week. And technically, yes, according to Catholicism or whatever other Christian faiths, things you do, sure, you sin. Covet your neighbor's goods, sin. Covet your neighbor's wife, sin. Disrespect your parents, sin. Masturbate, sin have sexual intercourse out of wedlock sin having that idea banged into your head every week as a child it can it can do a number it can do quite a number on you and it was that shame and that guilt around myself my body and my sexuality that i learned from since being a kid that really held me back on a lot of social development that I was craving. I think it was last year when things started to really change. Uh, through some of my cousin's friends I'd met, I had met, I was recommended that maybe I should see a sex therapist. This was coming from somebody who has some uh, psychology background and hearing about the, the feelings and issues I have around talking to women. She said might be worth it to see somebody who specializes in this kind of thing. I I was skeptical at first, but I went through with it, and it, it was probably one of the best decisions that I have made recently for my adult life. I learned to forgive myself, and give myself a break, really, for things that I've thought and said in the past. I learned that I'm... Normal, all things considered, and that I am worthy of love and affection, and that my, my desires and needs are totally valid. And that was really important for me to learn. I was imbued with this new strength and confidence, and I, I took some risks and, and tried meeting some people. I remember there was one particular instance of meeting somebody. We were hanging out at my place, and towards the end of it, I had not really expressed explicitly um, an attraction or interest in this person, because that's not something that I do. That's something I really struggle with, and I think I was giving them the wrong idea. She said that... I like you, I think you're interesting, but I think we should um, just be friends first for a bit and see where that leads. And I think that, that is a totally reasonable request for somebody to make. I thought so at the time, yet it still, it still sent me into a strange depression. Because it was somebody I, I, I was really attracted to and I thought was interesting. It w- it, was, it was the first time I'd really heard that from somebody face-to-face, somebody that, that I had viewed in that way. So yeah, I, I spent a week bedridden in a depression, which is the first time that's happened. was not fun. And at the end of this, I was able to exercise a skill of mine, which I never really realized was one of my strengths. And that's that I always have my own back. At the end of this depressive state, I was there to pull myself out of bed, to get myself together, and to get back into trying to meet people. Not to, like, show off, but I I do take pride in having that ability. Not to necessarily pick myself up by the bootstraps, but the fact that I have my own back always. And it was in this springtime, post Depression state that I went out and tried to meet people and at a social event in a city. I met this wonderful woman who invited me out for a drink afterwards and It was the first time I really felt like I was connecting with somebody romantically and honestly it was the first time it's that first experience with somebody who knows what they're doing and knows how to make somebody feel good and wanted that I needed because I had never had that when I was in college or high school. I I had ignored a lot of things that were um, flirted at me, and I, I I mean I try not to <laughs> I try not to live in regret of that too much because if I did then I would have uh, I, I would not be. I would not be making any progress. But I had found somebody who helped me get my foot in the door, so to say. Somebody who guided me through a lot of these firsts that I'm not sure I would be able to initiate myself with a quote-unquote normal person. I learned that I am capable. I am capable of these affectionate and romantic things and I do have a real desire for them and it was uh, an eye-opening experience for me a great boost in my confidence as a man as a human and in the end we didn't work out but that's just the way it goes we tried and really I have no regrets I did have another short relationship after that And it was from this relationship I discovered that one's gender identity does matter to me in a relationship. I I don't mean to say that because someone identifies as gender fluid or not as the gender they were born as means that I don't accept them as a human. I absolutely would accept them as a human. It's just a matter of knowing that what I want is a woman who wants a man. That's another very important discovery that I made. I and mean, all these discoveries that come with the end of a relationship or turmoil with a friend, it, it, it's not easy to go through emotionally. And when I, before I had been in a relationship, I didn't really understand how people can still be so hung up on your ex. It's, it's like they're your ex for a reason. But now I I do I do absolutely get that I get that feeling, I understand how that uh how that can feel. Since then though I haven't been dating, just has not been a priority for me. There's some other things, because having all these things I discovered about myself, I I realize you know maybe there's maybe there's a lot more, maybe there's a bit more that I gotta unpack first before I feel truly ready to try again. So, next year, that, that'll come then, probably during the spring. Spring is really a time when I feel I, I feel at my, my readiest, my most emotionally powerful, my most confident. In keeping with this theme of discovering who I am, I'm also realizing that how I present is not typical for a straight man. And I'll be honest, I'm all for that. I, I, kind, of, I kind of like this... Gosh, I don't know if metrosexual is the right word, or if that's been outdated or decommissioned. But that having that vibe, somebody who, who likes to look good, who likes to feel good about the way they look, being interested in these things that are typically associated with gay men and women... I do enjoy, I I feel most, I I feel most excited sometimes to learn about these things, learning about fashion, learning about making clothes. I did a lot of sewing this year. I'd gone to a flea market and found a shirt, a sort of loose-fitting Hawaiian-style shirt, this Puritan brand shirt um black loose fitting I you I could tuck it in and keep like the top two buttons unbuttoned and I, I would just look chill as heck I felt fly as hell it was it was good I really really liked that shirt and I did something crazy I cloned it I traced out the pattern or the closest the most accurately that I could trace it and made a test garment with some muslin, and I'm surprised it worked out pretty well. There might be some alterations I have to make, but if I can get more fabric, this rayon viscose fabric, then I can make all sorts of shirts. And I'll tell you, that's what I've been doing. Haven't ma- haven't been making the shirts, but I've been I've been collecting a lot of fabric. My sewing journey didn't really pick up again until the summer um, because I had a cousin's wedding that I wanted to make a quilt for, for their gift, which I did. I pumped it out like a mother trucker, and it did not come out perfectly, but it was one of those things where I just needed to get it done. The quilting itself was stitch in the ditch, so it was just following the, um, the seam lines of the top of the quilt. Pretty easy to do. Uh, it was it was it was a pretty big size, pretty big size quilt, queen. It was a lot of fun, and they seemed to appreciate it. I learned a lot from doing that. So I decided then that I would make a quilt for my mother for Christmas because she wanted a quilt to hang on the wall. She used to hang up her mother's quilts a lot at the at our old house because her mother was very much into quilting. And unfortunately, I did not get into quilting until recently, which is well after uh, my grandmother passed away. Uh, but I, I still have other family members who do quilting, which is surprising because they're all on my dad's side rather than my mom's side. Uh, but I I've I've had a lot of fun talking with them, uh, learning new techniques, seeing what they're doing, exchanging quilt gifts. It's been a lot of fun and. I I can see myself making quilts throughout my life. And I think that's that, that's another important thing. Just like this podcast, my therapist said it's a great gift for yourself to see how you grow over time. And that in itself has been a large theme. And I've probably said that ten times already on this on the show, um, talking about how I like to record my history and my past through projects, not necessarily through journaling, although this is journaling in a way, but through my artistic endeavors, through my drawings, through my clothing that I buy, wear, and make, through quilting. I got a little sidetracked with the quilting there. Um, Regarding garment sewing, I did that practice shirt, I also actually made some pants. I made pants that are wearable. This nice uh, navy, bl- navy twill. Majority of it is not navy, though. There are a lot of um, botanical prints of various greens and some tans over it, but the base color underneath is is navy. They're kind of garish, but that's sort of what I what I like. They didn't fit me as I thought they would because I didn't realize that they were dress pants when I was tracing the pattern. Uh, So they sit a little high. And they are, they're not falling apart, but I definitely see places where garments will start to unravel that I need to be careful of. And this is all a learning process. The first time that I made something that I could proudly wear outside Happened this year with those pants. That's amazing. I'm really proud of that. And I'm really excited to start making a ton of other shit that I can do that with. Like those shirts. Oh man. No sewing adventure is complete without a mishap. Luckily no injuries. Besides like poking myself with needles and pins. But um, I my mother gave me her old serger. Which I got uh, serviced at my local quilt store and also she let me have her little electric singer featherweight machine which is pretty cool I had been using my grandmother's old computerized FAF machine with all these programmed in patterns and and stitches that was my main machine since I started Um, however I believe last month on Black Friday, I killed it. I thought I was being clever and plugging in an old serial cable to the serial port that was on this machine's motherboard and plugging it into my computer and seeing if I could interface with it and talk to it, maybe try to program it, but that ended up just killing the thing. Now I'm really big into tinkering with stuff and, and doing my own repairs if I can. Uh, but I, I learned my lesson. Sewing machines just are not are not the thing to be doing that with. They are precise machines. They have to be in order to, to make a stitch and be accurate. So yeah, I, I felt bad. I was upset that I was afraid my mother would be upset, but uh, she wasn't. And so it was like the day after I killed it, I went to my quilt store with my 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 holiday bonus money for my job and looking for a new machine. I had to call my mom and be like, is this okay to do? Like, are you okay with this? I know it's my money and I, I killed the sewing machine, but I, I just need permission for somebody. And uh, I'm not one to believe much in spirits in the afterlife, but uh, she said, uh, yeah, Grammy says it's okay. So I... <laughs> I treated myself, I got a new machine, and it is really freaking cool. It's amazing the way that what was a state-of-the-art machine 20 years ago, the one that my grandmother had, and a what I assume to be pretty state-of-the-art machine today is pretty phenomenal. I'm pretty sure this FAF machine still ran on a single motor and every, you know, the, the needle going up and down and the bobbin spinning, all of that was on one motor and one one drive shaft. On this new machine, it's not like that. Each part has a, has a stepper motor. Now, I, I don't know much about stepper motors, but I do know in 3D printing, which I'm kind of familiar with, and CNC machining, th- those kinds of, of machines, stepper motors are what they use, so i I don't know it just op- it seems to open up a world of possibilities. not that I'm going to repair this machine myself hell no they uh yeah they can t- they they can take I-, I can pay someone for that As long yeah <laughs> I'll trust someone else with that kind of pressure. what this sewing hobby has allowed me to do socially it's pretty amazing i you know. <laughs> I go to the quilting store and I I talk to the the people there. They're always nice. I I know them by name now. I get called Jason sometimes, but I'll be honest, I I it's close it's close enough. You know, Jacob's a pretty boring common name, so I'll take Jason anytime. I can also get a lot of good advice on colors and patterns and, and other ideas help with um Certain skills and techniques, I can go in there and crack jokes and be friendly and 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 happy. And it, it's something that I think I take from my dad a lot because I see him very much as somebody who does that. And hey, I am proud to to carry on that family tradition. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place there, but getting back to sewing and garment sewing. I really hope that that becomes a kind of passion, and something that I can pursue and get really good at, because I'd love to make myself clothes. There's a lot of women's clothing I see, blouses and dresses and all sorts of other stuff that just looks so fun and playful, and there's tons of different techniques, and it's it's art, it's beautiful. And I'd love to be able to express that same kind of thing in what I wear. But uh, I'm a man who isn't really that interested in wearing women's clothes. And also, I wouldn't be able to fit in a lot of women's clothes, period. So, the solution there is, one of them at least, is making my own. And I'd love to do that. I'd love to, to make clothes for me using... Techniques or even taking inspiration from the shape wise from women's clothing and something that actually fits and looks good on me as a man. It, it, it's that'll be a big undertaking, but um, it, it's a lot to learn. But I hope oh, I know I'll have fun doing it. I just hope that I don't end up hating it. Making men's clothes is already frustrating enough, there's a lot of structure and careful construction of collars and pockets. Frankly, it's kind of obnoxious. And I guess it makes sense which why women's clothing typically did not have pockets, although I, I don't I don't like that. I think they should have pockets. I don't know why we're saying, oh, it's easier to make, let's just not give them pockets. Ugh. Anyway. I'm looking forward in this new year to a lot of sewing, a lot of projects. It's going to be a lot of work, and there's going to be a lot of fighting perfectionism, and perfectionism is what's kept me from doing a lot of things. It's kept me from continuing my drawing as a hobby, my writing. And depending on the severity of the mistake, it can be difficult or downright impossible to hide a mistake. On those pants that I made, I accidentally snipped into that outward-facing fabric near the crotch and I was trying to snip the seam allowance inside and I had to patch that up with a really ugly looking patch. Um, Luckily it's fairly low so it's not super visible. And the real icing on the cake is not making a muslin when you absolutely should. I'm trying to make a blazer because I want one, my cousin wants me to make one for him So, I definitely want to make some practice ones, make a couple for myself, or at least just one for myself first. (sighs) The pattern that I traced, the size, it was the right size in the chest, which is usually what I go on. I didn't bother to check any of the other measurements, didn't bother to make a muslin, started making one right away out of this material, and lo and behold, it's too small. The blazer is too short, and... It's just not going to work. So after this one, which I used actual material I would have loved to use for, an, for, for a fitting blazer, I'm going to have to retrace the patterns, make a muslin, make another blazer after I make those alterations and make the muslin, and then make one for my cousin. Uh, you know, it's you learn lessons like that you try to take a shortcut, say I'm just gonna make a blazer and it turns out that doesn't work out. So, I've gotten away with that before with the pants. The pants I made, they were a little too big so I had to, I didn't have to adjust the pattern necessarily. If I want to make those pants again, I'll adjust the pattern, but what I had to do for that garment, I could still wear it as long as I brought in the legs, made them a little skinnier, shortened them up a little. So you take kind of a gamble. You can gamble and make a smaller garment and waste more time. Gamble, end up with a bigger garment, and waste only a teeny bit of time. Or make a muslin, find out the muslin works, go ahead and make a garment with the real fabric, or make a muslin, it doesn't work, make adjustments, repeat. You know, make a muslin or, or just make the damn thing. So there is a lot of learning there that I'm nervous about. Because it's the learning and the failure, the constant failure, that really pisses me off. It doesn't piss me off. It, it it's, it's exhausting. But the end results are really cool. And I think I, I should really focus on that. This whole year coming up is, is um, I, I think, needs to follow that. I need to focus on the results I want and not worry so much about the pain that the process brings me. Because I know I'm capable of sewing things. Whether or not I mess up during the process, which I know that I will, I'm going to end up with a finished thing. And that is what I should do really picture in my head when I'm working on stuff. Another thing is letting mistakes happen. Working through them. Oh no, I've accidentally left a bit of marker on the fabric on the outside that's going to show. Oh well, move on or find a way to patch it or clean it. But if you can't do anything about it then just move on and make the darn thing and learn from it. The other thing that I'm worried and excited about in the coming year is relationships and I don't know if I should be viewing it a similar way as with sewing because if I focus a lot on the mistakes I'm going to make along the way the people that I meet that don't work out or the people who are just not great then I'm gonna get discouraged so if I focus on what the end goal is that end goal being to meet people, practice more intimate relationship things, and maybe find somebody who is possibly the one, I'm hoping I will be in a better situation than the, uh, the pity and the loneliness that I was feeling a couple of years ago. But I guess that all comes down to me and the attitude that I'm going to have about it. The best part is that at the end of the day, I know that I am capable of that. I know I'm capable of learning. I know I'm capable of at least two people in the world being attracted to me. And I'm starting to turn around on that. I'm starting to look at myself and say, you know what? Not that bad. You're all right. That's that's another big first. I really should sum this up because I want to get this out before the year actually rolls over to 2023. So, in summary, this year was pretty major. Therapy, started a new therapy. That's been going well. Um, Did a lot of relationship and intimacy things that I was afraid I would never do or be capable of. Sowed a lot of things and learned a hell of a lot from it. Uh, Had a short depressive state which wasn't fun but it was important for me to to feel that so i know what what a bottom what a bottom in in my mood and my overall situation feels like and i know that i can crawl out of that it's another big important thing so for next year i'm i'm hoping that i i do even better i have bigger steps not necessarily big revelations because I I think I've had a lot of big revelations if I have more next year that's great but ideally I don't have any huge major things and I can build upon this experience I got from this year and make bigger strides that is what I'm really hoping for I hope I get back to the gym uh no well I mean I did go I no that was another big thing from 2022 I did a lot of working out for, for I mean it wasn't consistent every single week. there was a week or two where I didn't go. but the point is I was consistent and I went and I actually did it. And if I could do that again next year, 2023 and I, I can I'm, I'm really excited about new habits and new things that I'll be doing for myself. I lost my train of thought. Very sorry about that, but I love you all. I hope you all have a wonderful 2023. Stay safe. Love your friends. Love your family. Take care of yourself. Love you all. Bye.